afternoon, and thank you for joining us again here at the Nautic Ed Podcast. We've got Dietmar Petushnik with us today, um, and he is the founder and the person running the Panama Posse Rally. Um, and with us, as always, is Grant, the founder of Nautic Ed, and myself, your humble host, Captain Kev, here. We brought him in today because he is a very unique type of guest. This is something we haven't covered before. Um, and the topic today is long distance rally. Um, the Panama Posse Rally takes folks all the way from California through the Panama Canal and all the way to Florida. It's a well, 4,500 nautical miles overall. It's a long range. There's ways to join along the way if you don't want to go the full distance with the crew. But we're talking about, you know, 83 boats back in 2017, all the way up to 178 boats last year. Um, These folks are on track to attract 200 boats this year. Could you imagine sailing in a flotilla of 200 boats? So with that, let's welcome our guest today. Grant, can you tell us a little more? Well, yeah, uh, so uh, Dietmar called me, and um, as soon as he started describing it, I was like, I want to do that. And then I'm like, I can't wait. Oh, I, yeah, seven months. Okay, I need to retire. And uh, But I'm like, well, I don't want to retire. But one of these days, I'm going to find seven months, and I am going to go on this route. This sounds like so much fun. So, uh, Dietmar, welcome to the show, and why don't you start uh, talking about the, the rally? Tell us about it. When, when does it start and all that stuff? Yes. Hey, thanks, Grant. Uh, thanks for having me, and thanks, Kevin, for having me on, on your podcast. The Panama Posse was basically born at a pool in central Mexico about three and a half years ago now. And we were sitting around the pool and saying, where's everybody going? He said, we're not going anywhere. Let's go to Panama. We're halfway down the coast already of Mexico on the Pacific side. So we started making plans and I just put my hand up and said, okay, I'll organize it. I'll put it together. And people said, great, where are the parties? And that's how it got started. So we started originally with 15 boats, 15 hands went up at a pool in Barra de Navidad, and uh, we are on track for hopefully 200 boats this year. Um, What's our route? Our concept is you're a mariner, you're in charge of your own destination. We give you basically the most upfront information, the best information that people will have, and people that participate actually deposit information back into this rally. So we know what's going on in Panama. We know what's going on in Costa Rica. As people enter the country, there's already a boat there that knows what happened, what are the procedures. Our goal is to make this rally as free-flowing as possible and cover you for seven months, um, almost eight months, which is outside of the hurricane season in the Caribbean and uh, uh, and on the Pacific side of Mexico. That's the big picture. We give you weather calls once a week. We give you detailed anchorage reports. We'll tell you which uh, risk zones to avoid. We'll give you specific uh, great local info and you're connected 24 seven with an app to our peer group. And since it's mostly coastal cruising, most of the time you actually even have cell phone service. That's the big picture of it. So do I need to have a special size boat, you know, in order to do this sort of rally? I mean, do I need something, you know, that's a, a big cruising boat that's outfitted you know, for, for long distance stuff, can I? No, not, not at all, um, Kevin. We, uh, the smallest vessel that's participated is a 32 foot boat. And the largest boat that participated was a 225 foot super yacht. Because all of them have one thing in common. They want better information and they want to go safely. So Central American route, um, we, as, as long as you're comfortable with your vessel to participate on such a rally, you are welcome to join. You, we operate on the international maritime law, which means it's your vessel, it's your responsibility, and it's your crew. 
we will support you, but we're not your mama. That's a good point, you know, and, you know, not to bring it back to Nautic Ed, but we definitely want people to get educated, be smart, be competent out on the water. And this is how you apply it. You know, you get out there, you spend seven months or six weeks or a week or whatever it is, the part that you can participate in. And I think that's a really unique thing about this rally because it is so long and it covers such a long distance. Um, there's different starting points for folks. You can start at the very beginning and sail the whole thing, or you can join up for part of it, right? Correct. Um, one of the things we also wanted to do is we we took our time in partnering with marinas along the way because we know every once in a while you need to just get back to port, you need to provision up, you need to do some things. So we took our time in the first two years to establish our route on the Pacific and we made partnerships with 16 marinas that not only know that you're coming, they know that you're part of the posse, but they also give you a discount on your slip rates, particularly on transit slip rates, which could be quite higher than permanent rates. Um, Last year, then, we expanded the route because we wanted to say, look, we've done the Pacific. A lot of people go through the canal. Now there's nothing. So we decided this will be the year that we expand the route all the way from California to Florida. And we spend the last four months making the deals in the Caribbean. So we're now at close to 40 marinas total in 13 countries that will give you discounts that are your basic places where you can go relax, reprovision up, they know you're coming, we have a relationship with them, so we know exactly what your expectations are going to be, and we're talking some pretty interesting places, and that's what we're excited about, and that's why we hope people join us. So how cool is this, right? So, and, and I think what we've done, this is Grant, uh, what we've done at Nordic Ed is, is being able to build the confidence and competence of, of people and get them out chartering and sort of, so, okay, now what's the next step? And look, this is such a benign, easy next step to do because everything's looked after. You've got boats all around you. Something breaks. I'm sure somebody's uh, there to help you and fix something. Um, but you've organized the marinas so you don't have to do all this crazy research. Um, you don't have to, um, you know, all the logistics that you that does not come second nature to you when you're, you know, getting started and, and venturing beyond chartering. And so this, this uh, Dietmar just sounds like a really easy next step for somebody to do. And again, you know, look, you don't have to do the whole seven months. If you've just got a month off, um, then just do yeah. part of it and sail back again. Um, start to stretch your wings a little bit, but wow. Um, we are so excited about promoting this because I really do think that this is something that um, students can jump to the next level. And, and, and you know that we're all about uh, experience and being on the water. And, you know, we want to promote people to get the experience and be out on the water so they can become competent. I mean, you know, if you ever want to sail around the world, well, why wouldn't you do this to start off with? So you can start stretching those wings and get out. So, man, I think that's exactly that's exactly right, Grant. One of the things that is really exciting, if you start from California, for example, you first uh, sail down the Baja Peninsula will get you used to you will have to do a couple of overnights just because of the distances you will also start to experience being away from civilization as you know it, because you're going down a pretty barren coastline. The Baja Peninsula is your first jump is from, let's say if you leave from LA or that area, it's 180 miles until you get to um, the first really port, which is Ensenada. You then basically get checked in. Now, typically you run around by yourself, but we made the deal with the marina. So you basically check in in the marina and the marina runs you through the paperwork process of Mexico. Once you're in, 
Now you have time to make your way down the coast. And Mexico is a fantastic route to learn how to sail on because it's downwind at the first port. Then as you make your way into some, some of the local anchorages, then you make your way to Cabo San Lucas. Then you actually have to jump across. So there's a crossing for you that you can do. You can do it 370 miles, or if you want, want to make it more safe, you can do an 80 mile crossing. So we have all these anchorages and angles out for you. And along the way, you can say, hey, I'm thinking about crossing next week. What's the weather looking like? So all of a sudden, other people have done it before you will basically chime in with their experiences of recommending when you should do certain things. And that's what we're keen on. We're keen on other people's experiences, not advice, but people who have actually done it, telling you, yes, this looks like a good weather window. Again, empowering you to make better decisions. And how close are everybody together, sailing together? I, I imagine it expands what, out. The most amount of vessels we have are obviously at the at the seminar. We have a seminar series in early December in Barra Navidad, which is our headquarters. And we'll have 30 to 40 boats there. But some people may not leave. Some people may say, you know what, I'm going to spend another month here. Um, we have typically concentration of maximum of 10 vessels at any same at, at the same time. And what typically happens, people will start to buddy boat. So we facilitate basically you meeting boats. There's a certain kinship, uh, boats with kids, they tend to travel together. Um, boats who have dogs tend to travel together. So little kinships and partnerships form and the buddy boat system starts happening. And you might wind up buddy boating with two, three other boats down the coast, and that's perfectly fine. So we wanna enable that. We certainly don't want 200 boats to show up at the same anchorage at the same time, because that's just a logistical nightmare, not just for the boats trying to anchor there, but then also for the locals that are trying to help you if you want to provision up. So our goal is to spread everybody out, and it's easy to spread out 200 boats over 4,500 nautical miles. That's well, the good they all news. sail at different speeds and, and everything. Yeah. But I, I was just thinking, you know, what an amazing social event this is going to be. Or it is, yeah. you know. What, I, what, wow, <laughs> how much fun are people going to have sitting on the back of their boat, just you know, meeting yeah. new people and telling stories? And, and, and we know. have we have vessels coming through the canal that have done the arc, they've crossed, they're coming from Europe. Then we have circumnavigators that say, you know what, I want to go back to Mexico because it's such a great time. Then we have newcomers; they're coming down the coast, they're doing Baja or Baja Nada rallies, and then they say, look, what else can I do? And we basically say come on board, you know, join us and do this rally. And the other thing we focus on is on the cultural exchange. So we have 14 different flag vessel states participating and you're going around some interesting um, sites. You're looking at Mexico and Central America where there's 40 world heritage sites. You have Mayan ruins. So there's tours that you can take safely from your marinas that we know these are gonna be stunning experiences. If you wanna feel like, you know, Indiana Jones discovering some jungle ruins, we got that for you. If you want culinary arts, uh, the Oaxaca region in, in Mexico is some of the best moles in the, on, the, on the planet. So there's so much to see, so much to experience, and that's why we're excited too. Well, it sounds also like um, I was talking about before about retiring and doing it, but um, it sounds like people take their kids and do homeschooling on the boats. Yeah, they do that. And some people retire, some people buddy boat, some people say, look, I have my boat in the marina, um, you know, all this time. And if I just move it down the coast, you know, maybe I'll save some money because the, the slip rates are going to be cheaper, but I can just fly back and forth because we also have airports all along the way. 
because this is you know a pretty pretty interesting region so you can easily fly in and out um as you start seeing areas that you want to stay a lot of people have natural places where they keep the boats to the hurricane season because we've identified them so obviously panama is a hurricane hole there's certain marinas in colombia that are very safe we even have some good spots along the west coast of mexico and so you can say look i'm going to just go down the coast for the first six months i'll do a thousand miles this time i'll get into the swing of things and i'll fly back i'll do my work or i'll go back and then i'll continue on we also have people that work because you know a lot of people are now working remotely so you have the ability to basically work down the coast you hop the hops where there's no internet for the weekends and then you continue on you do your work so we have that too it's really open to people that want to keep moving and want to explore the world at the same time that they're continuing on whatever they're doing already. And uh, this is all really exciting information because these are th these are opportunities I don't think many people realized were out there. And you're offering an experience that takes them across a huge area. So for this year's rally, um, can you give me a a sense and our, our listeners a sense of the overview of the route we don't have to get into details in every location but just kind of you know where does it start from you yep. know where does it go through where does it end up so uh, this year we're starting in southern california i'm actually doing some seminars coming up at the uh end of october in san diego and that's a natural gathering point because that's where people tend to leave from in order to sail towards uh, uh towards mexico uh, then there's another central area in Mexico, which is the Puerto Vallarta, Barra de Navidad area. So there we will have our kickoff events. So we give people a month, uh, almost five weeks to make it from San Diego down to Barra de Navidad to attend the seminars. But we'll speak about the rest of the route. So the route then takes you along the Costa Alegre, which is a really beautiful coast uh, on the Pacific down towards the uh, Gulf de Tehantepec, which is the, the southern point of Mexico, which has some very interesting weather patterns and some very ferocious winds. So you actually have to kind of like pause, wait for a weather window and then sail across and we have that all tied up. Then you enter Guatemala, a short coastline, followed by um, El Salvador, which has a beautiful river bar and a beautiful estuary with a lot of expats living in there. Uh, you then enter the area of the Gulf of Fonseca, which is where three countries meet. That's where El Salvador, Honduras, and Nicaragua meet. Then you go into Nicaragua, which is a fascinating place, a beautiful marina we have there that welcomes you, checks you in. All the, all the, um, all the paperwork is done there for you. From there, you can then explore some of the ancient um, ruins that are there. There's some Spanish uh, fortifications. There's just some really phenomenal volcanoes that you can slide down on. And after that, of course, you enter uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, we work with three different marinas, some of the best in the world. In Costa Rica, you have the northern, more drier part. You have, of course, 16 natural parks that you can visit. And then we have our quintessential anchorages where you literally anchor inside of the national parks where howler monkeys are roaring at you and macaws are flying by until you get to the southern part of Costa Rica where the um, uh, Golfo, uh, where basically you're in Golfito, and it's a, just a beautiful fjord-like area, absolutely tropical jungle by the sea kind of a scenario. After that, you enter the Panamanian waters, and Panama has some of the most beautiful little islands. They're called the Isla Secas or the Dry Islands, 
followed by a, a really beautiful island called Cuiba. You'll see a lot of super yachts there because um, there's some amazing dives and just some beautiful flora and fauna. And then around the corner into the Bay of Panama, that's where you're going to learn uh, dealing with tidal flows again, because the Bay of Panama, as you approach our headquarters there, which is the Vistamar Marina, you'll start dealing with 20-foot tidal ranges. So your planning will go a little bit different than, you know, if you're dealing with very little tidal flow in the past. That sums up kind of like the Pacific route. So eight countries from California, the U.S., all the way down to Panama. Then stop, plan your um, plan your voyage through the canal. So we actually have a process in place to help you go through the canal, even though it's only 40 miles, but you need to get measured, you need to get some fenders, you need to understand how you're going to get crew. So there's a little bit of a logistical things to get this working for you. We have partnered up with a canal agent that will actually is our canal agent now. They work with, with us and many other rallies, but they're really good for us because he's one of the most reliable canal agents there. Uh, we will then process you through the canal. And on the other side, there's another marina, the Shelter Bay Marina, that's our partner there, where you can then basically rest up and um, continue on and plan your route. That's going through the canal. Um, after that, now we're talking about a northbound voyage. So as you say, okay, how do I get from the Panama Canal to Florida? We have two routes for you. The one that we recommend is that you basically hop through the, uh, the uh, San Blas Islands, which are beautiful uh, Kuna Indian islands towards Colombia, and you make your way up for maybe 160, maybe 300 miles to the basically northwestern corner of Colombia. Um, Colombia itself has beautiful excursions and lots to see and do. And then from there, it's an, an offshore passage. It's 430 miles for you to sail from either Cartagena or Puerto Velero or Santa Marta to Jamaica. Um, and once you arrive in Jamaica, there'll be the Royal Jamaican Yacht Club in Kingston that will welcome you. Jamaica is a small island with about 200 miles of coastline on the north and the south. So you can then enjoy the Jamaican anchorages, which there are many. You will then leave from the north uh, western coast of Jamaica and jump over towards the Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands, we again, we have a partnership marina there that will welcome you in. You can then do some of the amazing dives that are available on, off the Cayman Islands south, south coast. From there, it's a short hop down um, to Roatan, which is an island group uh, uh, really an archipelago of little islands uh, off the coast of Honduras, which is only 135 miles to go to, and it's a downward run. Um, from there, you will continue on towards Rio Dolce, which is another fascinating port in Guatemala on the Caribbean side. You basically go up 20 miles up the snaking jungle river to what becomes a lake, and there you can keep your boat, for example, for the hurricane season. We have a beautiful marina there called the Marina Nanahuana. They have haul-out services, they have bottom paint available, um, and that is just a fascinating place itself. After that, of course, the second largest reef in the world is Belize. So you would go from Guatemala up the coast on the Yucatan Peninsula. Belize is about 300 miles of just fascinating, hundreds of anchorages, caves, beautiful dive spots, just absolute stunning visuals the typical uh, Caribbean island feel, but a much more concise and, uh, and, and 
navigationally challenged area because you have lots of reefs there. After that, it's another 220 miles to uh, along the route to the, the tip of Mexico and the Yucatan Peninsula, Isla Mujeres, Cancun, etc. are certainly or Cozumel with Mayan ruins along the way. From there, it's a quick jump across to the north uh, western part of Cuba, followed by another 150 miles to get you to Key West. And that sums up the adventure, which is basically 4,500 nautical miles. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was right, Grant. Well, again, sign up? there's ways of doing it shorter. There's ways to chop it up. You don't have to do it in one season. We do have what we, every year we give out a Speedy Gonzalez Award. One vessel actually went from Virginia the other way and wound up in Alaska. So every year we have little awards and fun things that happen. But that's the route. It is culturally enriching. It is challenging. It is fun. And you are now basically with the safety net of the Panama Posse. And um, so, you know, wow, I'm so, <laughs> wow. Uh, crew, so let's say you don't own a boat, um, but you want to, you would like to do this. Um, what would be a good way to get in contact with some of the captains or anything like that? I mean, is that available? Um, we, I am personally not a fan of, of crew. <laughs> maybe, yep. maybe I've had too many bad experiences. <laughs> and, I hear that. And we, we will have another conversation on people. And, you know, I spent seven and a half years in the South Pacific. So I wound up um, having some interesting crew, needless to say. Um, one of them actually jumped ship in Pago Pago. Long stories. Let's focus on crew for Panama Pasi. We allow people to register online through crew, but I think we're gonna work with you to basically improve the quality of the crew and then match them up with vessels that are seeking crew. I think that's something that you and I, you wanna work really well together because I think there's an opportunity there. Well, and certainly, you know, any skipper can see the sailing resume um, that yeah. you build on Nordicad. Um, and so a skipper could look and see how much experience that person's got and um, what courses they've taken and see if they're you know competent. Um, but I think maybe you're right. Maybe there needs to be a sort of a Myers-Briggs uh, personality test uh, thrown in the, in the middle. I, I would uh, strongly urge that. And um, we, we, we have this funny crew tap. And, um, and every time we say about crew, you know, results may vary. And we have the crew of, I think, one of the pirate ships versus a professional crew. <laughs> as a juxtaposition it's like we don't you don't know what you're going to get but i think there's the opportunity because there's two things one is of course the technical skills um the ability to understand the command and control structure on a vessel but then ultimately there has to be a psychological fit too you have to actually get along right <laughs> and that yeah. is not guaranteed from a resume <laughs> right absolutely so I mean, heck, even families sometimes have trouble getting along over, you know, a long distance cruise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, a, you know, the, there's this famous, it's called the puddle jump, which is when you leave from Mexico and you sail across to the Marquesas. And I did that back in 2009. And there's two ways that vessels arrive there. Either crew jumps overboard the moment they hit the anchor drops or they're friends for life. Right. Because you're spending 20 days right. doing this. And in, a, in, in this kind of scenario, I think there's a great opportunity to improve matching of crew. Now, that's a good point, because crew not only equals competency and help 
underway, but it also lends to safety. And, you know, that's kind of something I want to pivot to real quickly Mm -hmm. is the safety part of it. Because some of these, you know, countries that you mentioned, I might be hesitant to go sailing in because I'm not familiar with the waters or the politics of the area or what have you. And it sounds like you've got kind of a, an accumulation of information that makes these trips together even safer. Yeah, we have partnered with a nonprofit organization called Good Nautical, which has recorded anchorages and approaches to marinas and basically anchorages over the last three and a half years. So we said, what's a good cruising guide? A good cruising guide is not written by one person during on one day. A good cruising guide is written by many people over over basically over a period of time where they validate and certify places and where the overall experience becomes better. So within Good Nautical, we now have identified where there's been, for example, a dinghy theft in the past. So now we know, okay, bring up your dinghy here at night because there's dinghy theft, because there's some you know, out of luck surfers that are hanging around that are trying to make a buck. So we have identified the areas on, not just on the danger side, but also on the opportunity side, because there's some really fantastic places where you should keep your boat in the marina, and then travel inland to see some of the magnificent ruins, etc. From a safety perspective, we then also vet the service providers. Because the last thing you want to do is then be taken advantage of by a tour guide who gives you the runaround and takes too much money out of you. So we, over time, now also know the best tour guides or the restaurants where they're not going to cheat you out of your money. So we, over time, we improve the quality by basically requesting everybody that participates, write a little report, give it, a, give it to us as a fleet update. And we have, during the season, full fleet updates. You can actually access some of our prior fleet updates if you go to our website, panamaposse.com, and go into the FAQ section, there's something called fleet updates. Over time, we make them available as the, uh, as the, um, as the privacy concerns dissipate. Um, we keep our vessels very private. We wanna make sure that they're safe. So over time, we make these fleet reports available and they're up there for you to see. We also then allow people to check in once a week via a live call. So once a week, we have a live call where people can check in. They can drop in their location pins into these chat rooms. And throughout the week, they can actually compare information and see where everybody else is. So you constantly can reach out to participants in the fleet saying, hey, I'm in this anchorage. How's it around the corner? And then people can basically answer back to you. So it's safety in numbers. It's uh, it's 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 a aggregate of information yep. that all comes together from the the sailing side of it to the shore side of it to uh, the locals. I mean, you've got to get a good agent if you're going through the Panama Canal. You want a good tour guide if you're going ashore. Uh, you want to know the right taxi company to take. Sometimes it's yeah. not specific, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, specifically now, of course, this is going to away, but during the COVID times, we actually have marinas work with with shore uh, services so they can actually get groceries delivered to you you don't even have to go into town we have it figured out so that you can basically give them a, a grocery list and they'll come and they'll drop it off on the dock for you to take on board oh that's beautiful and, and with all the work you put into this you know i, I hate to ask but yeah it's got to be expensive right to join a rally like this i mean if you know what do you charge people to to join up Oh, it is massively expensive. It's a whopping $150 for the season. <laughs> well, there goes the excuses for not going. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And the, I don't know if you've looked at marina rates lately in the U.S., but we have some marinas where you can get a slip rate for as low as 26 cents a foot a night. Wow. Yeah. So that, that pays for your flight ticket back. So, you know, we, we encourage people to go a little further and, and just say, look, what's around the corner? What's the next cove? Yes, it's a bit of an adventure, but that's what we want. We want you to explore. We want you to go a little bit further and see what it's like. Because by the time you reach Florida or by the time you reach the Panama Canal, you've already stepped up your game. Your, your experience level of dealing with cata catabolic winds and how to deal with anchoring, uh, all of that will just be, be so much further along. So it's part of the nautic ed as far as I'm concerned. Well, and, and the thing that's really super appealing to me about all this is the adventure of it, you know, and one thing I've always wanted to do that I've never been able to do is to go through the Panama Canal. Yep. Have you had any crazy wild stories about going through there? So the Panama Canal, we actually have, and that's something I'm going to, we, I think we're going to work together on creating an actual curriculum for the Panama Canal, how to prepare yourself for it. And I have a time-lapse video that takes you through the canal in 17 minutes. And we can specifically talk over the fine points of it, and we can show you exactly what's going on, where the lines are being dropped, how you go through the locks, what the conditions can be. The biggest thing that is, once you go through the, uh, from the Pacific, for example, on one of the instances, you're basically driving a boat next to 150,000 ton boats, and they're coming towards you. So your navigation skills have to be you know, <laughs> superb. Even though you have an advisor on board, you know, collisions in the Panama Canal don't tend to go very well for the smaller vessels, right? So, and imagine. <laughs> yeah. And, and don't, tie the, don't tie the lock lines to your cleats, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and there's, there's a lot of little anecdotal things. It's also fascinating because Panama, apparently at night, the jaguars swim across the canal. And... There, um, some of the local, the, because you will always have an advisor in a boat, they will tell you the stories that they found, uh, you know, crushed crocodile skulls. So you can imagine how powerful the jaguars are because they basically crush crocodile skulls with their they've, jaws. They've got cats that swim there? Oh, yes. Oh, now that's, that's I didn't expect. It's <laughs> a bit different oh, yeah. from my kitty cat falling in the swimming pool. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're talking, it's it's the jungle. You will have parrots, you will have crocodiles, you will have blue butterflies, you will have uh, macaws. Our spokesperson is the howler monkey, which is the loudest mammal on the planet. If a howler monkey screams, you can hear him three and a half miles away through dense jungle, because that's what they do. You know, it's, we, we love this route. There's adventure. Well, I'm just seeing um, that there really is no excuses. Most of the time, an excuse for somebody to not do something is fear. Right now, you cover that excuse yeah. up with a whole bunch of other things. I don't have the yeah. time, or you know, whatever. Or, but yeah. and, and so most of the time, in, internally, it's fear. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, Dietmar, you've taken the fear out completely of this and just inserted adventure. Um, yeah. So I think if anybody's sort of listening to this, um, I mean, wow, let you know, consider it as your, as as you know, your gift to yourself for this lifetime. Um, this is something that 
sounds to me like somebody just needs to do. You know? but, um, and, and, and that's on, on, on another level. I mean, I love, I'm a geopolitical animal just because I grew up traveling all over the world. There's an anchorage which is called Portero Grande. It's in northern Costa Rica. And there's a beautiful surf break right next to it. And the surf break, it's called Ollie's Break. So I asked somebody who was there before, I said, why is it called Ollie's Break? I said, oh, Ollie, this is where Oliver North used to run the Iran-Contra arms out of, into Nicaragua. <laughs> so you have amazing historical aspects to it. You know, there's, there's one anchorage in the Las Perlas in southern Panama where there's a civil, uh, civil war um, submarine that, that wound up there. Or it's just fascinating on an American civil that happens. War. An American, American submarine. Yeah. American well, Civil War. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. so talk about that because, um, uh, well, not that, but uh, specifically, yeah. people's perception of Central America is that it's very unsafe. Um, it, so. it, is, it, is, it is like every country, you know, you, you want to approach it, you want to avoid the bad areas and be in the good areas. And we know that. Um, obviously, in the coastal route, you tend to not be in the capitals where most unrest occurs. So uh, you're not in densely populated areas. You're in beautiful, you know, remote coves along the coastline. The biggest shell shock that you will have is once you approach Panama City. Panama City is the third tallest city in all of the Americas with skyscrapers. You have New York, you have Chicago, then you have Panama City. Oh, wow. And you don't believe it until you see it. It's like, what is this? Oh, it's sky, skyscrapers. The last, times you, the last time you saw them anywhere would be in San Diego, right? <laughs> so, you, And there it is, the center of commerce. You can get parts in and out. One of the other things we specialize in, we now know exactly which countries you can get work done well, cheaply, where you can get parts in and out of, where you can leave your boat, without having to worry about it and fly out. So we've accomplished all of that because there have been 350 prior vessels that have done it. Yeah. So you're basically benefiting from the collective knowledge of mariners who came before you. Yeah, if you need your sail repaired or you need yeah. you know, something else done, um, yeah. your engine or whatever, then yeah. um, no, no big deal again, right? So there goes that yeah. fear. So there goes that excuse. Yeah. <laughs> My boat's too old. No, nope, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> It'll yeah. get fixed cheaper down there than it will up here. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so when does this year's rally start? So our rally starts, um, it's forming already. We at this, at this stage have 95 vessels signed up. Um, we are, this is the time when we do the outreach. We basically say, hey, the cruising season's upon us. Hurricane season is almost over. It's time for you to sail in your bubble. And if you look at the concentration of, of where you want to be, so this is the time when people get ready, either in Southern California or in Florida, because they want to hit the Caribbean. And uh, we also have some vessels that are in Panama or in Colombia that are now waiting to move on. Uh, subsequently, because um, we we do things um, in a in a asynchronous mode, there is one event that happens in early December, always in Barre Navidad, simply because that's where we started. So we have a big party there. We have our own barbecue, tin drums now there. We have four days of seminars, which we're going to record and then obviously partner up with you to make them available as seminars. And there we cover um, the route, the navigation in very much detail. Then we have a day on just safety, security, we have a day on provisioning, sightseeing, what to see and do. And we do a technical seminar on OpenCPN, which is a software which allows you to display um, satellite imagery and use satellite imagery as an underlying chart layer 
as an additional aid to navigation versus your traditional charts, because the area has obviously been um, not as well charted as some of the other areas. Um, so those are the four seminars we do. At night, we then get to also fire off our expired flares. And that was last year, that was actually very fun. Some of them not, don't exactly take off um, in the direction that you want them to. <laughs> so this year we will add a, a fire extinguisher to our, <laughs> and, a, and, and a guy on a bicycle, just so we don't burn down the place. You know, this is why we sail, folks. I mean, this is why we sail. We, we, we take sailing classes. We go out on the water and get practical experience. Um, we get knowledge. But this is why we do it, is so we can do things like this. And Nauticat is proud to talk with the Panama Posse here today. Um, this rally is an amazing thing that lets everybody get out there on the water, do as much as you want, the whole thing, a little bit of it, you know, whatever suits you, and sail with other like-minded people that are also trying to get out there on the water to have that experience is that's what sailing gives you. It gives you experience. I mean, you just heard, you know, flares going off at night, uh, howler monkeys, swimming jaguars. I mean, where else are you going to have that kind of experience? You know, my, my last question is from young to old, you know, is there a, a type of person that is common on these trips? You know, if I'm a 45, 50-year-old somebody or a 30-year-old somebody or a 65 or 70-year-old somebody, am I going um, to find somebody that, you know, is like me out there? Um, you're certainly going to find um, kinship and you're going to find somebody that's in your age range. I think we've had one family that had a three-year-old on board. And I, I don't know quite, but I think some of the participants are close to the late 70s again. We have power boaters, we have sailboat, we have former racers, and we have retired CEOs. Uh, we got everything from engineers to doctors who participate. We have people from all walks of life. Obviously, they have something in common. They want to enjoy different coves. They want to go a little further. They want to push themselves. We have lots of couples. Uh, we have millennials you know i myself i just turned 53 i've been sailing for the last 11 years all around the world and i find this to be fascinating because i always meet just amazing people that i would never now always have as lifelong friends and what happens even in the off seasons we tend to join each other even in san diego or visit with 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 each other as we make as we make these friendships this is really a bonding exercise it gives you stories to tell, and those are the stories that you're going to be proud of to have been taken part of. Not all of them are easy stories. Some of them are challenging, but that's what makes makes it worth doing. Well, there is no adventure without challenge, you know, and that is for sure. Um, and you take the good with the bad, and the bad is buffered by all those other boats, all those other people, all the experience that you bring to the table. Um, this is the type of rally that we want to encourage people to take part of or even take part of segments of as it makes sense to you. Get your experience out in the water with people that know what they're doing. Um, Deepmar knows what he's doing and Nautic Ed supports this rally in particular because of those things. So Deepmar, thank you for joining us. But before we go, I want to ask, is there anything else that we need to cover that, you know, maybe you want to talk about? Um, 
I think there's a couple of things that the weather aspect is, is, is interesting on this route, but I'm sure you have a weather portion that maybe we can cover that because you go from downwind to gusts of 50 knots to offshore big waves if you go from from uh, Colombia to Jamaica. So there's some of that, there's some navigational things, but perhaps we can do another segment on that where we can tie in some of the technical needs. Well, oh, and, absolutely. And, um, you know, I was going to jump in and talk about this. If, if this is something that uh, anybody listening, you know, feels like they could do, I mean, the very first step um, other than just doing more research on this is to uh, sign up for the captain's course, uh, captain's bundle of courses online uh, with Nordic Air because all of that information, you're going to learn about weather, you're going to learn about safety at sea, you're going to learn about what happens if your mast breaks and falls down a thousand miles offshore, if your rudder breaks, um, helicopter rescue, all the bad things that can happen, you're going to learn. Um, what to do, um, but there's all the, the navigation side of it, the electronic navigation, um, everything that you need to know theory-wise is in Nordic Ed courses. So you really yeah. um, jump online and and sign up for the captain's course um, to to start that journey. Um, that's sort of the first journey, and then the next journey is is getting yourself down to that swimming pool in Mexico, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, you know, I always say we started this rally with four margaritas and 20 bucks. And, you know, here we are, 350 boats later and just having fun. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, good. Um, the only other thing I'd like to say, we do provide um, um, fleet updates to participants. Everybody gets a lovely Burgie, too. So if you go to the Panama Posse website, you'll see it there. And uh, we're going to look forward to partnering with Nautic Ed tremendously in giving this information even to our participants and structuring it in such a way because I think one of the things you guys are really good at is in segmenting and allowing people to digest information in digestible chunks which is important for this. Thanks. All right Kevin let's go for a wrap. Eh? <laughs> the Panama Posse is the modern rally and Nautic Ed is the modern way to learn. And these two come together in a very unique way so you can go and apply what you learn in a modern way in a uh, modern situation out with the Panama Posse. So visit them at PanamaPosse.com. Uh, there's all the information that you need there. And thank you, Dittmar, for joining us. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Looking forward to meeting you in person. And thanks again for making uh, nautical education available uh, all around the world and make it easy. Well, thank you. For myself, Captain Kev, and Grant, the founder of Nautic Ed, we wish you happy sales. One day. One day.